Today's episode of the Stretch 4 Podcast is brought to you by the Art of Manliness Podcast. If you're sick of having to wade through two hours of fluff in order to get a few good takeaways, tune into the Art of Manliness Podcast. We glean and distill the very best insights from the world's experts in self-improvement, philosophy, practical skills, history, and more. And do so in under an hour without all the eye-rolling-inducing filler. You'll walk away with every episode of the AOM podcast with actionable insights you can start implementing today to improve your life. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other podcast player. The Stretch 4 NBA Podcast with your host, Dan Titus and NBA fantasy experts, Alex Burns, Zach Hanshu, and Adam Koffler. Dan Titus here with the Stretch 4 NBA Podcast. We are in the playoffs and we're ready to talk about a lot of significant injuries that may have popped up over the course of the week. In addition to some of the teams you'll want to target players from because we do have three teams, the Mavs, the Thunder, and the Raptors that are going to be playing five games next week, which is huge. Huge rostering opportunities for you guys to get some extra production. And then we'll go through some of our, our top waiver ads outside of those those uh, three teams. So, guys, let's start it off here. want to talk about a few things just in a week in review. The play of Steph Curry. Man, this guy, first player in NBA history to drop 11 straight 30-point games at age 33 or older. He's averaging, what, 30 eight points a game over his last 10 this guy is unconscious and literally has the warriors in the play-in tournament what are your guys thoughts on the play of steph curry and what we're witnessing he's been an mvp caliber uh type guy here down the stretch he's definitely making a case for himself to be in that conversation you know obviously Jokic is there with the full season of production under his belt but the things that steph curry's doing for the warriors and Helping them get to the playoffs has just been astounding. Listen to these numbers. 38 points, 53 points, 42 points, 33, 47, 49. That's insane. I think he is his his late season push has definitely placed him right under Jokic for MVP. So if Golden yeah. State makes the playoffs, man, he he is the MVP, right? I mean, you take Jokic off the Nuggets, and they're still probably going to get into the playoffs. You take Steph off the Warriors. They're, they're picking first in the draft next year. Yeah, it's kind of like the Knicks and the Warriors have the same situation where they have these beast players that are just shouldering all of the workload and production on those teams. You take off Julius Randle off the Knicks, the Knicks are not a playoff team. You take Steph Curry off the Warriors, they're not a playoff team. But yeah, it was interesting. I saw that uh, Curry cut his high top fade, so he's back to the babyface assassin. So this guy is ready, locked and loaded for the end of the season here. The, the Nuggets played the Warriors Friday night, right? And the Nuggets uh, got rounced by Steph and the Warriors. Obviously, Will Barton went down with a hamstring injury in that game. Uh, but like Zach said, Jokic is uh, is running out of pieces there. So, you know, it's it's been tough for the Nuggets to to still hang tight in that playoff race. And it looks like the Warriors are on the come up. So I agree that Steph means more to the team than, than Jokic means to the Nuggets. But yeah, so some of the other injuries that popped up, Darren Fox entered the health and safety protocols. So he's going to be missing 10 to 14 days. What does this mean for fantasy purposes? And and DeLon Wright seems to be fantasy relevant once again. What a blow, man. I've got Darren mm-hmm. Fox in my fantasy league and I'm, I'm gearing up for my 
for the quarterfinal matchup next week. And all of a sudden I lost the Aaron Fox for the entire week. And now I'm hopeful that I get him back for the championship week. Uh, DeLon Wright is the pickup there. Assuming that Tyrese Halliburton is already rostered in your league. We could see DeLon Wright enter into a situation similar to what he had in Detroit, where he's seeing 30 to 35 minutes a game as a starter. Uh, Sacramento runs a pretty tight rotation too, which benefits uh, DeLon right here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So he's absolutely a guy that I'm looking to pick up uh, immediately. If you, uh, if you need a, a guy that's going to play four games next week, I believe. Yep. Four games. Yeah. And it was, it was a bummer. I'm with you, Adam. Like De'Aaron Fox was just starting to turn it on too, heading into the playoffs. And I have a ton of shares. I mean, he was averaging 27 points a game this month and like seven assists really playing elite and it's just a bummer, uh, you know, just there's really no way around it. It's interesting. I, I took a look at the the Kings with, with the Aaron Fox off the floor and Halliburton is actually seeing a 24.5% usage rate with Fox off the floor. So it looks like they're going to run through him a little bit more. Um, DeLon Wright is only seeing a 16% usage rate, but I think that's because Wright mostly plays with Fox on the floor at the same time. And, you know, Fox there hasn't obviously- been, there hasn't been a ton of there hasn't been a big sample size, right? Mm-hmm. With DeLon Wright coming over from the Pistons. Uh, they haven't played a ton of games without De'Aaron Fox, I don't believe. So this is something new. And and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Luke Walton wants to keep Halliburton off the bench to play with that second yeah. unit, right? So I'm I'm thinking that Wright steps into the starting five. Well, I think Wright starts. I think you'll see his usage rate go from probably somewhere we're 16, probably around the mid-20s, I would say, probably where Halliburton's is. Um, that's the thing is like Halliburton comes off the bench when Fox is, you know, on the, you know, on the bench and he has the ball in his hands and can, you know, facilitate and that helps his usage rate skyrocket. DeLon Wright definitely must add. Must it's, add or is it a watch? I think it's a no, must he, add. Yeah, he's a he's a must add. He's he's for sure a must add because of his ability to rack up like steals and assists yeah. and and he's pretty got pretty good percentages. Probably more of a 12 team add, not not 10 team, but yeah, feel that. Yeah, not, yeah, maybe not a 10 team add, but I think he's going to put up pretty good lines. Staying with the Kings, uh, Rashawn Holmes has been out for like a week or a week and a half. I think he practiced in full recently, maybe Friday, and he's looking like he's about to make his return. So that's going to that's going to drop Hassan Whiteside down back to a, a reserve role. So if you're if you're trying to pl- uh, think ahead to next week, looks like you're going to have Rashawn Holmes back in the lineup. And he's he's a fantastic guy to have. Uh he doesn't hurt you in any category and that's uh, that's something I'm looking forward to cuz I'm a I'm a Holmes uh manager myself. So we were talking before the the show about players that maybe, you know, there hasn't been the Christian Wood of of this fantasy season, but I think you could probably say that Rashawn Holmes has definitely exceeded expectations and is in a pretty good spot to potentially be one of the better centers for fantasy next season as like a value pick. Cause as you just said, Adam, he doesn't really hurt you in any categories, right? He's, he's among the league leaders in field goal percentage. He gives you blocks, defensive metrics, and he can get you a double double. So he doesn't, He's a solid player. So I think his emergence was really a good thing to see this fantasy season. He's fantastic. He's been kind of like a Miles Turner type who you never think of as this like great basketball player, but Miles Turner is like a top 15 nine cat fantasy mm-hmm. player. So just things to consider next year when you're drafting, right? Guys like Miles Turner, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. For Holmes, where's he going to be playing next year, right? So, I mean, he's a free agent this summer. Um, he's probably going to get paid a lot of money by mm-hmm. by one of these teams in free agency. Hard Sacramento, to say man. They- What's ahead? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised Sacramento, if they gave him the man. bag. They, they I don't seem know, to man. Like them. Sacramento can pick one of the, you know, a good big man in this year's draft. It's hard to say what they're going to do. I, mean, I think Bagley's Holmes is really, 
I think Holmes is really good. Like I could oh, see Bagley. Do. I could see Bagley out of there in Sacramento. Bagley's he's gone. Ba- yeah. Bagley's, he's Bagley's out of there. He's a he's bag gone. of trash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Adam, you mentioned uh, talking about Steph Curry and the Nuggets. Will Barton went down with a hamstring injury pretty early in the contest. I, I don't know if I'm rushing. I saw that in our competitive league, you picked up PJ Dozier with the quickness. I don't know. They seem to be giving minutes to Austin Rivers as well as Compazzo. This seems like kind of like a, I don't know, they're just a deep roster. So like, do you think PJ Dozier is going to have a lot of opportunity to fill in for those Barton minutes? I do. And he's not, he's not the highest upside guy, right? He, uh, he, he did. So, so what I look for is, you know, Will Barton got hurt and I just so happened to be like following that game who came in right away, right? Who came in right away? It was PJ Dozier. And, And he's been playing 25, 26, 27 minutes a game over the course of the last week as a reserve. So you figure Barton's going to be out a long time. That didn't look like such a good injury for his hamstring. Uh, It looked pretty painful. Had to come out after a minute. Uh, Dozier played 30 minutes in that game. He's a guy that's going to get you steals. He's going to get you some assists. He's playing backup point card to Campazzo right now, who Campazzo isn't great for fantasy. He's not, he's not shooting high percentages. His usage rate is very low. I mean, he, he, he's on the floor, but, but I like Dozier over Campazzo if I'm having to pick between the two right now. Yeah, Usually, dude. No, that, that's an easy one. The upside story, burns. Yeah. Burns. You're uh, Hanfu, Are you saying you're saying Dozier or Campazzo? No, I'm saying Dozier, dude. I mean, Campazzo's starting, like you said, but that's that's more of like a, a formal thing only. I mean, uh, Dozier's absolutely, it's playing. He's that's getting like, minutes. He's getting the upside for he, sure. I think know, so. He, yeah, it's like when no, Michael. Yeah, it's, it's like how Michael Mulder started over Kelly Oubre. Friday night, right? Like Michael Mulder isn't the guy you want Kelly Oubre, obviously. Exactly. There's no doubt that Dozier has more upside than Campazzo. I really don't want either of those guys on my team. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of where I'm going with it. And like PJ Dozier is like a younger Edmund Sumner. (laughs) I mean, like just that's kind of the numbers he puts up. Sumner. Yeah, I mean, like if I'm on a 14 team league, of course he'll get you steals and he'll contribute. But this is just really good for Michael Porter Jr. Everything that's happened over the past month has just Facts. boosted Michael Porter Jr.'s value. And as somebody who has a lot of shares, I'm, th- I mean, I'm thrilled. So I dropped the Anthony Melton for PJ Dozier. And even though DeAnthony Melton had a 21 point, you know, six threes, four steals game, look at the Grizzlies rotation, man. They freaking run out like 11 or 12 guys that play 20 plus minutes a game. It's sick. And, and so for, from a fantasy perspective, having a guy that comes off the bench there in Memphis just isn't, isn't a good look. I'd rather have a Dozier who's a part of a, you know, seven or eight man rotation due to all the injuries in Denver. To that yeah. point though, you might, I don't know if you're going to regret that, but next, next week, the Grizzlies play against Portland, great fantasy matchup, Orlando, amazing fantasy matchup. And they play Orlando twice actually. So it may have been a little preemptive, but I think D'Anthony Melton is going to definitely get some burn against those those bad teams. But the Grizzlies are also really close in the play in the playoff race right now too, so they need wins. You want to talk about upside? You want to talk about upside? Nobody has more fantasy upside than D'Anthony Melton, and the dude does not get consistent minutes. It, if you look at his per thirty six numbers, it's absolutely insane. He's like over forty percent from three. It's like twenty points, like nine rebounds, five assists. It's crazy. I agree. Numbers and I he agree. doesn't get run. They're giving Grace and Allen run. They're giving like all these guys run. And like I would rather have someone like DeAnthony Melton, just hoping that maybe down the stretch they give him more minutes as they're you know trying to make a playoff. Yeah, run but uh, it's you got to You got to wait. You got to look at look at reality versus hope. I hope that the Anthony Melton gets more minutes too. 
is that what's happening though? Like it's, it's just, it's, not it's just not. Yeah. It's, unfortunately it's just not. And the reason why he, he had that breakout game was the, I believe it was the game before Jaron Jackson returned. Since yeah. Jaron Jackson's returned, he's not getting his shine off the bench because Jaron Jackson's coming in off the bench and just putting up a ton of shots. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. Like the Memphis rotation, it sucks for fantasy. Jaron Jackson scored 23 last night. Like he looks awesome since coming back. And John Moran over the last week, dude, he's been balling. Guess so what? I, he's maybe maybe Jaw's better without JV because JV's been on the lineup the last couple of games and Jaw's been balling. So maybe, maybe Jaw, like, Feels a little bit more free playing without Jonas. I don't know. It's something's going on there with Ja. Maybe D'Anthony Melton's uh, per 36 numbers this season, 18 points, five assists, six rebounds. He is shooting 46% from three and 48% from the field. That is insane. That's a, that's a really good, that's like a, a must add in 12 team leagues. If he would just get somewhere close to those 30 plus minutes a game, but he's still, he's a defensive menace. So yeah, I think if you're, one of the things that we were talking about um, also before this show, I think that there's a, there's, it all depends on what your, what your needs are. Right. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, or maybe we just get into it now, but like, I know Adam has a, a, a take where you don't want to use your, your waiver ads in the beginning of the week, because you want to kind of see how your matchup is going to shake out and what stats you may need. I'll just get off first, firsthand. Um, I'm playing against, I'm battling for my playoff hopes here. And I thought I was dead in the water. I'm playing against Steph Curry Paul George, just superstars. And my team is hitting their injury bug at the wrong time. I'm getting load management and resting. And I didn't think I could have any chance of winning. Now, I decided to pivot, and I just tried to hunt block steals, field goal percentage, and turnovers. And guess what? I picked up Matisse Thibel. I picked up Bruce Brown. And these guys are crushing it for me. I'm currently winning this week. So hmm. Anthony Melton is relevant if you need defensive stats, right? Or you need some threes. Same as a couple other players that we'll probably mention here, but um, I think it's really dependent upon where your status is in your matchup, how you manage those waiver priorities, and like when you actually spend that 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 waiver capital. I blew mine in the beginning of the week because I knew that I was going all in on that on that decision to to target those um, those alternative stats. But that may not be for everyone. But you don't always need to look at those name notoriety players that are giving you 20 points, like Adam described last week, like a Kobe White. He'll give you 30, but he gives you a lot of other stuff that's not going to help your case. So, And here's a, here's a perfect example of, so in our league, we've got five uh, ads we can use per week. DeLon Wright didn't become fantasy relevant again until Friday. Say, for example, you tried to set up your, your lineup early in the week and you've used all five of your waiver ads by Friday, you're shit out of luck. You have no shot to get Delon right on your team because he's not going to be there on Monday. So now you're, now you're scrambling other, you know, your maybe your opponent has Delon right for his two games that he starts. And you, you could have had him if you were just, you know, managing your waiver wire ads a little bit better. So kind of feel out what, you know, where your, uh, what your roster is going to need in terms of categories and start to make those strategic moves maybe, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. But also also try to look for those guys that play five games in early in the week that are going to be locked into those roles that, you know, like your Ken Birches or your Jalen Brunson's kind of safe guys. Obviously, you know, COVID, uh, you know, is going to you know shake things up a little bit. You know, De'Aaron Fox going into the protocols. But, you know, make sure you save some of those waiver wire ads for, for later in the week. That's going to help a lot. 
So would you say the strategy should be like use a couple of your waivers by Wednesday and then leave yourself the flexibility by, you know, Wednesday, because usually there's lighter, there's lighter slates on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, right? So when's the best, when would you recommend the best time to start spending your, your waivers? I would not use more than one on Monday and then see, see what the Monday games look like and then kind of play it, play it by the, you know, play it by ear there. But Sometimes you got to be proactive and you got to pick up a guy who's going to smash, right? If don't, that's because I'm telling you not to use all your waiver wire ads. If somebody smashes on Monday, he's got a really good opportunity, like an O'Shea Brissett from last week. Like don't hesitate to add that guy if you need him. Yeah. And it's also yep. something too, to Dan's it. point is like also watching who you're playing as well. He's just said he had Seth Curry, Paul George. What if Paul George on Wednesday gets entered in the health protocols? Like his team's a lot less potent and you don't need to go, freak out and go add five guys by Wednesday. So it's really just a lot of different factors keeping track of and looking at and you know assessing. Absolutely. I was going to say also so many guys are on IL now that if you only have in our league, we have two IL spots. I've got like six guys on IL. So hopefully by the start of next week, that's not the case, but if it is, you've got to drop those guys. Like you don't, you can't, you can't not have games played at this point because volume is King. If you play in a nine category league, six of those categories, more than 50% of those categories are volume based categories. So volume is King. Let me ask you a question. Um, so What's with Lamella ball earlier this week, or maybe it was late last week announced that he's coming back. He's still IL eligible. A lot of people have, I grabbed him one of my leagues and I put him on my, my IL spot. With all this rash of De'Aaron Fox and you know Kevin Porter Jr. now in health protocols and all these crazy injuries, is Lamelo Ball someone you're worth holding on to in your IL spot? Yes, I, I think I think he is. Yeah, for sure. Yep, absolutely. He's worthy, of, but not everybody is worthy of being held on to an IL though. So like we talked about it last week, and I think that there was some debate on Victor Oladipo. That dude is a drop. Like I, there's no update on that guy. Yeah, he's dead. He's drop. dead in the water. Uh, Robert Williams is also like a guy that's been really great towards the end of the fantasy season. He's day to day, but like, I, you can't trust that guy. So if there's a, a hot waiver pickup that you need to win your week, you got to drop him. Yeah. I mean, we too, if about- you're up, if you're up by a bunch and you're dominating your league and there's no way that he's going to come back, then obviously, yeah, hold on to somebody like Robert Williams, who, you know, yeah. Brad Stevens said is, is on his way back. He's going to return soon. Don't freak out and drop him. I want to talk about two teams here. The first one, the first one's the Raptors. And the Raptors have five games uh, this coming week, week 18. Nick Nurse has shown that he's willing to rest his starters. Having five games in a week means that you have two back-to-back sets. So guys that are guys that have established roles that aren't being rested, right? Ken Birch is a guy that you want on your team. But let's talk about a little bit deeper on the Toronto roster. A guy like Freddie Gillespie. And oh, I'm, not sa- my I'm not saying I'm not saying go Reach. add Freddie Gillespie. Yeah, it could be. I'm not saying go add Freddie Gillespie in 10 team leagues, even 12 team leagues, but he's, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in deep mm-hmm. leagues. If, if the Raptors rest four guys, right. Four starters on two in two of those games next week, he's going to be a blocks and steals uh, maven. Like he, mm-hmm. he's got a ton of energy off the bench. He's been playing 20 minutes a game, even with those guys playing like he's, He's a guy who's going to, you, you talked about those defensive stats. He's going to have five games of at least 20 minutes a game next week. Keep an eye on guys like that. Mm-hmm. And, and Burns, if you want to add a little bit to that, go, go for it. Well, no, I was, I agree with you. I had him written down. He's 2% rostered right now. Totally keep an eye on him. 
and you didn't even mention that Chris Boucher is out for four, at least four games. So you say Thank five, you. five you games. Go, yeah. Well, Chris Boucher might have just one game. So in my opinion, Chris Boucher is a drop. I'm not holding him onto my roster throughout the playoffs. That, Cause like the only reason we were giving to hold Chris Boucher over the last two weeks was, Oh, the Raptors play five games. That's, that's no more for him. So um, yeah. And he, I don't honestly even think he returns to be honest. Yeah, Malachi Flynn's still probably relevant too. I mean, uh, yes, Kyle, yes. Kyle Lowry is probably going to be resting. I mean, I feel like the Toronto Raptors do not want to make the playoffs. I think that they're they're not they're doing everything to not show that they're making the playoffs. So, in my opinion, I think Malachi Flynn, Ken Birch, Gillespie. I, I think there's a few guys that we could keep up that we can definitely still roster for the opportunity of what they're going to have a, if, if some they're of the superstars a, miss games. They're just in such a weird situation. They're like, they're like tied with the, the wizards, aren't they? But the wizards they are, are. ascending. The wizards are ascending while the Raptors are trying to tank because right. the Raptors are, the Raptors want no business like playing the Sixers or the Nets or the Bucks in the first round of playoffs. They know they're not going to win. So they're, they're taking the opposite strategy of uh, the wizards at this point. Yeah, super which is really strange. really interesting. But now let's let's pivot to the Pistons, right? The Pistons have three games next week, which is I, I think only a handful of teams play three games next week. That's that's not good. It's especially not good when you look at guys like Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, who are resting in games, even not in back to back sets. the The Pistons are giving minutes to young guys, and you know you're bound to only have two games out of Grant and Plumley. I would be willing to drop those guys next week with just I two think games. Plum, I think Plumlee's already a drop. Um, in competitive leagues, I've seen him be dropped, and it's really for that reason that you just outlined. It's they're they're rested. They're going to be resting him and Jeremy Grant. And uh, I'm a Jeremy. I have some Jeremy Grant shares. I'm definitely debating. You know, I'll probably get that first game out of him on Monday, and then it's probably going to be a cut after that just to free up some space by Wednesday. But I'll probably wait it out just to see. But um, here's a hot you know, take. Somebody, hold up before before you get to the hot take the the teams that you mentioned with three games next week the pistons the warriors the pacers the clippers and the knicks and like you can't drop like julius randall like and you can't and you can't drop malcolm brock like guys like that right but you know it sucks like it's random but it's at the same time it's not because you can sort of you can sort of uh you know account for that when you're making trades uh, you know, before the trade deadline, it's really difficult to do that, but it's always good to look forward. But, but my hot take going back to my hot take, I would say Freddie Gillespie is more fantasy has more fantasy value in week 18 than Jeremy Grant. I would agree. I'll wait and see. We'll, we'll come back to that. Hot just be, take just because week. one has five games, one has three and might play two. One's probably going to get a lot of run in two games. And he's like hungry and like, they want to give guys like that minutes. Like it's just somebody out there is going to drop Jeremy Grant for Freddie Gillespie. If you do that, (laughs) if you do that, send us a screenshot and tag us on Twitter and we will give you all the credit in the world on the next pod. We'll we'll give you a top shot moment too. I don't know if you're still offering. I'm sure Hanshu's got one in his pocket. He could could, uh, give out. (laughs) But yeah, while we're, while we're on the topic of teams, the Pistons don't play a lot of games, but we didn't talk about the Mavericks who have five games coming up. And uh, last week we had a, a bit of a discussion about Jalen Brunson and I still contend that he balls against bums and, uh, but he plays well. Uh, but my guy is still Dorian Finney Smith. I, I think this, I think he's been playing extremely well. He's currently ranked 52 overall in nine cat leagues over the past seven days. He gives you a little bit of everything, but so does Jalen Brunson and looking at the schedule for the Dallas Mavericks, 
they have a great game against Sacramento on Mondays, and that's the front end of a back-to-back. So expect Jalen Brunson to ball out in that game. Then there's a bit of a hiatus, and then at the end of the week, he gets Washington and Sacramento yet again. So Jalen Brunson for this week is definitely a must-add just for the sheer teams that he's playing against. And he balls no against way. He balls no against way. Bums. He balls against bums. Jalen Brunson this good, week. If there's, a Jaylen, good team, if there's a good team in there, he will play regular shit. Jalen Brunson in his last three games this week, uh, extremely valuable. Scored 16 points a game on like 65% shooting from the field. He's a guard. Like that's valuable. He only had three turnovers in those three games too. Look, man. Valuable. I hate giving I hate giving credit to you, Koffler, but I'm gonna do it, man. That Jalen Brunson call, dude, spot on. The five games this week, man, it's gonna be super valuable. Porzingis got nicked up again this week. Yeah, you know, call. unlikely he's gonna play in those back to backs. Uh, strength of schedule for point guards this week for Dallas is fifth among all teams. So he's got awesome matchups, as Dan already alluded to. Uh, I mean, shoot, dude, Brunson is. Uh, he has to be one of your top two or three pickups this week. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah and, and, and we talk about teams with tight rotations, playoff yeah. teams that are jockeying for position in the playoffs have a tight, a way tighter rotation than, you know, a team like Detroit or yep. Memphis or Chicago. Right. Yeah. Would you, would you rather add this week if you had one, one decision and you had to add Bruce Brown or Jalen Brunson, who are you adding? Brunson. Depends. If I need, if I need rebounds, only <laughs> I want Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown as a guard is averaging like 10 rebounds a game. It's nuts. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Ten, don't ten disrespect. And a half don't, I about to say, don't disrespect Bruce Brown, man. That man is averaging. He's balling. Over his, over his last three, 15.7 points, 11 rebounds, 1.3 steals, shooting 69% from the field. Yeah. That man is balling. And I yeah, love but, the question. He's definitely when a nice K- They play four when games K- next week. But when KD comes back, is Bruce Brown the same guy if KD and Kyrie are on the floor at the same time? Why do what 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 gives you the reason that that Kevin Durant is going to be rushed back right now? I think they need some chemistry heading into the playoffs. I have another question for you guys while we're on the, the topic of the Nets. After Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who are both seeing 30% plus usage rates this season, who is third on the Nets? What will you sham it? Oh God. All right. He didn't even let me finish, but yeah, you're right. Landry Shamit, (laughs) 21.9% usage rate. I I don't know. I mean, Landry Shamit's been pretty good. I think I'd rather have Bruce Brown over Landry Shamit. Um, But, but Shamit, 15 and a half points, three and a half threes and 44% from downtown uh, playing 28 minutes a game this month. So that's somebody as well. Like he's just barely even rostered. Those guys, those guys are, are better basketball players and, and role players for the Nets than they are fantasy guys. Uh, especially when the Nets have a you know full complement of their superstars healthy, but I do think that they have they have a place on some fantasy rosters in Week 18. But I'm saying yeah. with, with this Harden news because like obviously if Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving are healthy, then I'm not really looking to add Bruce Brown or Landry Shaman outside of just being a streamer for a game or something. But with Harden now out, I don't know. I mean, did you see what Josh Lloyd tweeted last week? He tweeted he would drop James Harden. Like he doesn't think James Harden is coming back like for the remainder of the season. Maybe he may playoffs. not. He, yeah, he may not. That's, that's been the news. Right. And so you can't, you're, you can't expect a team like the Nets to try to rush Harden back. Cause they don't need him right now. They can, yeah. they can win some ball games without him uh, and jockey for the position that they need in the playoffs without him. I mean, they're the Brooklyn Nets play the Toronto Raptors on Tuesday. And then the, on Thursday, they play the Pacers. 
Durant's not needed for those games. No. So I don't know. I think that there's there is some relevancy in in getting Bruce Brown on your roster. I mean, he's a hot. He's one of the hottest pickups you can get right now. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fair argument to whether you would choose between him and Jalen Brunson. But another team that has five games next week. I feel like we talk about them all the time, and probably the, one of the more frustrating players, the Oklahoma City Thunder. What's up oh. with your boy Moses? J- Zach called it last week. Moses Brown is a drop. And guess what? Someone, I believe, oh, wait, no, Adam, did you picked him up because someone else dropped him. But I, I tend to agree, man. Tony Bradley is just killing this guy's minutes and his opportunity. What's the deal with Moses? Is it worth picking him up in 12 team leagues? Is he worth it in 10? Probably not. What are your guys' thoughts? He's back to being a golfer, and I went back and forth a little bit on Twitter about this a couple of days ago. I did, and I think we were kind of in violent agreement last week that he was a, a drop candidate. But uh, you know, forty he's he's down to forty four percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. So you, uh, if you have a spot open, the upside we've seen from him is a twenty twenty game, right? And uh, like Coughler already mentioned a lot of these stats are volume-based, so points, especially rebounds. Uh, Brown is not going to hurt you in field goal percentage. He's not a high turnover guy. So if you have a roster spot available, the upside with playing five games and the fact that you know he, he's a, a dice roll, but if you really need some points and you need some upside to just kind of make a big play, he's definitely your guy, man. You've got to take a chance on him, especially if you really need to make up some points or some cats. He played – he played six minutes uh, Friday night and he, he got a T in the first half and the thunder decided not to play him in the second half is what I think happened. It was like a teachable moment type thing. So he played, he doesn't, the thunder don't play again until Monday and right. They have five games. However, those five games are against Joel Embiid, Kristen Thompson slash Robert Williams, Steven Adams, Demonis Sabonis and Deandre Ayton. So he's not going to be facing scrub big men. So it worries me a little bit about Moses Brown, especially going against teams that are likely to blow the thunder out of the water, which means we could see more Isaiah Roby and more Tony Bradley. Unfortunately, he's a drop. So sad, man. He was such a, he was a stud. He was like, uh, by Bowman, uh, last year for the Warriors. He's a drop in, <laughs> I'll say he's a drop in 10 team leagues and he's a borderline drop in 12 team leagues. Is there any other Thunder that you're going to pick up as a result of their five game schedule? So I want, I want, let's, yes. So I want the, I want Lou Dort. I want Darius Baisley, who Darius Baisley is only 50% rostered right now. Yeah, I definitely want Darius. Oh, yeah. I definitely want Darius Baisley for that five game stretch. Hale Maladon is another guy I want. Shot Gilders Alexander is not coming back. Let's, let's be mm. honest with, with each other. Uh, and, Problem with Poku is that Poku shoots a terrible percentage and turns the ball over a ton. So if you're willing to punt those two categories, Poku is an option for, you know, threes, points, a couple steals. But if you're not willing to punt those uh, turnover and field goal percentage categories, I'm not really looking at Poku uh, for next week. No Isaiah Roby at all? Isaiah Roby is another guy I'm looking at. It depends what the Thunder are doing with between Moses Brown and Isaiah Roby. It, it's like... It depends who their opponent is. If if they go small, Isaiah Roby's fine as the five. But next week, like I I pointed out, they're playing against a bunch of big teams. So I'm not so sure Isaiah Roby is going to get the same kind of run 
because uh, you know there was like six seven. Can't guard Embiid. Can't guard Sabonis. Can't guard no Stephen guard, Adams. No one can guard Embiid. Yeah, no, uh, of course, but Facts. and Moses Brown can't either. But but Tony Bradley can put a body on Embiid. He can. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, five games is five games, and volume is king, like we talked about. But, I mean, something that's interesting. This is has no basis at all. Like this is just me speaking. But Tony Bradley obviously played with Joel Embiid earlier this season. Would it be out of the realm of possibility for? Uh, the Thunder to give Tony Bradley some extra minutes against Embiid just because no, he knows no, more and you know practice and he, pra- he, and he practice with him. Yeah. And, and didn't Embiid tweet something like Tony Bradley is like fire after a yeah. game or something like you know a month or two ago. Yeah. He said something yeah. like that on Twitter. Like yeah. he praised Tony Bradley a lot. So I, I could tell that's like a reven- little revenge game for Tony Bradley here on yeah. uh, Monday. That covers the themes with the five games. We got the Pistons, the Mavericks, and the Thunder. I just wanted to point out real quick how good Miles Bridges has been. This dude, I mean, I wish we could give an award for the most exciting dunker or the best dunker because this every night with this guy, man, it's like it's either a banging on somebody with like a poster, catching a crazy alley-oop, doing a windmill. The dude is so creative. He's like a mixture of like the ferocity of Sean Kemp and like the finesse of Dominique Wilkins. This dude is just yeah. a beast. He's also balling. Like he's averaging – over his last 10 games, 20 points, seven and a half rebounds, 2.4 assists, a block and a steal, shooting 53% from the field. And he's even hitting down trays. He's hitting 1.63, shooting at 40% clip. He's been great without Gordon Hayward on the floor. Terry Rozier has also played extremely well. So if you have them rostered on your team, congratulations, because they're willing you through this playoff matchups right now. You know, and that may, uh, you know ahead, I, I just want to say, I mean, you said earlier in the podcast that really hasn't been like a Christian Wood type of player. This is like I'm looking at his game logs yes. right now. Yes. This is like this is consistently. If you look at everything across the board, I mean, he's got what three double doubles this month. He's really producing, uh, you know, high end numbers. This is yeah. this is a league winner. I mean, this is what a league yeah, winner is right for now. For sure, he's taken his opportunity with Gordon Hayward being out of the lineup. He's just completely ran with it, and he's yeah. he's he's a stud for fantasy right now. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the mellow ball comes back this week. Probably tanks the fantasy value of Jalen McDaniels for one, uh, which is what I've been screaming from the rooftops. So you can proactively drop Jalen McDaniels uh, with the mellow ball coming back. But I will say it makes no sense though. Miles Bridges is 75% rostered right now. And Mikhail Bridges is 83% rostered right now. The two oh, M Bridges need to be flip-flopped for sure. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Bridges definitely has that Christian Wood upside if given if given the opportunity of Gordon Hayward's not there. But it's just been great to watch him step up and, and still continue to deliver more than just dunks every night. And uh, let's take it to Washington, man. The... The Wizards surprisingly have won seven straight. And it's really off the back of Russell Westbrook. Bradley Beal hasn't played every game, but now he's starting to get back into the fold. This Washington team is scary. They're they're firmly right now the 10th seed in the East. They're I think I don't know, man. I think I like this squad going into the playoffs of a play-in tournament with that kind of talent. But one of the more frustrating people to manage right now has been Daniel Gafford. We've been hyping him up, certainly on the Daniel Gafford hype train here, and he just can't seem to get consistent minutes. Extremely frustrating, but what are your guys' thoughts on rostering him going forward? Is it worth it, or is Robin Lopez going to continue to eat at this guy's opportunity? A few games ago, Danny Avdia went down with a 
I don't remember exactly what the injury was, but I think he's out for the season now. And it was Daniel Gafford who, who picked up all the minutes. So, so much like PJ Dozier did when Will Barton went down. So he played 24 minutes of that game, had like, you know, a bunch of points, bunch of rebounds, a bunch of blocks. And so I figured, you know, with Avdia out next game, it's going to be something similar where Gafford's going to play 20 plus minutes and he only got like 15 and was a complete bust from a fantasy perspective. So it's going to be really tough to roster Gafford down the stretch, especially with Washington uh, in the thick of a, a playoff race. And they probably have a little bit more trust in a guy like Robin Lopez. So while Gafford has the upside and there's hype around Gafford, I don't know if he's rosterable in 12 team leagues right now. It's such a disappointment, man, because he's been so much better than Rolo. And you figured when, you know, with Alex Len out, uh, with Hachimura dealing with some injuries. I mean, that front court is just an absolute disaster. You figured they would just give him plenty of run. But you're right, dude. It, it's so frustrating, and he's more of a boomer bust guy. I mean, if he gets 25 minutes, he's going to go for, you know, 40 points in, in a points league, and he's going to put up a, a bunch of categories for you in those type of formats. But uh, just night to night, it's hard to tell uh, what his usage is going to be. So it's a dice roll. Yeah, I think you called him out. On, on your prize picks pick last week, uh, Zach, you, you did get a push there. But, I mean, you called it on the, the right times to play him. Maybe he's more of a DFS darling in certain instances. But, yeah, definitely can't be trusted for a 10-team format and fringe 12 to 14 here without getting consistent minutes. Uh, but let's take it to another squad. The Atlanta Hawks have been quite interesting without Trey Young. So Trey Young's going to be missing what – has he been diagnosed with an ankle injury for so he's going to miss probably like a week or two? Kevin Herter has stepped up crazy as well as Bogdan Bogdanovich. I mean, these guys are probably, I mean, at this point, they're easily over 70% owned, but you got to be feeling great about things right now. This guy gives you pretty much everything. And I know there's a fellow Terp on this pod here that's probably going to gas him up even more than I already have. But uh, I'm just impressed with his defensive metrics, man. He got like five steals last game. He gives you a little bit of everything in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, and he gives you some some three-pointers in there. Yeah, he's averaging like three steals a game his last four games. Uh, looks like 3.5 three-pointers. His minutes are just super heavy, right? He's, he's, he's in the starting lineup. He's playing like almost 40 minutes a game. So the Hawks, again, are a team in the thick of the playoff race. They have a lot of trust in uh, Kevin Herter. He had Terp, uh, go Terps. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a guy that needs to be rostered right now. He's only 65% rostered at the moment. Um, that should, that should probably be a little bit higher, especially with Trey Young's uh, uncertainty here coming uh, in week 18. Um, and yeah, Bogdanovich is another guy just been uh, a smash play since entering the starting lineup with the, mm-hmm. all the injuries, all the injuries the Hawks have been dealing with. I believe who was on this podcast that said to pick up Bogdanovich like three weeks ago, four weeks I ago. Was, I think that was you Burns. I think that yeah, was me. That was, I'm sure that was first. <laughs> I will say it's funny. We're all thinking about, you know, coming into the season, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. And while those, those guys have shown flashes and Hunter's just battled injuries, same with Reddish. It's been really cool to watch Kevin Herter kind of just step up and, and, you know, fill the spot that they kind of left behind by those guys' injuries. So I'm with you guys. Kevin Herter is a, a really good fantasy asset right now. And what about the jazz? So, you know, Donovan Mitchell still dealing with his ankle injury, I believe. Joe Ingles, this man has been sneaky valuable, and he's definitely not as rostered as he should be. 
what are your thoughts on on keeping him? I mean, the Jazz play four games this week. They play against three bottom tier teams in Minnesota starting on Monday. They got Sacramento on Wednesday, and then they got Toronto on third on Saturday. I think Joe Ingles is going to get a lot of run here. Jingles, dude. Joe Ingles is averaging twenty points and seven assists and five three pointers per game in his last three games without Donovan Mitchell. Are you kidding me? He, That's that's that needs to be rostered in every single league while Mitchell is out. It's not even a question. It's now it's now obviously yes with Mitchell out, and then it's it's the, the most like I don't know the the most obvious decision ever was when Mike Conley sits or rests. Joe Ingles is a smash play on DFS almost every single time. Lock him into your lineups. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible. Especially especially as we talk about teams with really tight rotations that are that are playoff squads. When a guy goes down, another guy steps up in the starting lineup, and they only play seven guys, six or seven guys that get over twenty minutes a game. Everybody else is like under like fourteen minutes a game. So That's they crazy. only ha- they only really have Niang and Clarkson off the bench. You know what's crazy about Joe Ingles? I'm looking at his his numbers over the month. He's shooting a higher percentage from three than he is from the field. He's shooting 51% from the field. He's shooting 51.3% from downtown. That's like that's like weird. And he's he's taking seven threes a game and he's taking nine field goal attempts a game. So it's not like it's like he's it's Joe, that much he's, disparity. He's Joe Harris with a role as a ball handler, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're both they're both extremely good shooters. Ingles is gonna give you Ingles has a chance to give you eight assists per game. And the thing with double digit rebounds. Yeah. I mean, he's always contributed with with all the ancillary stats, but his he's not really known as a scorer all the time. He can get hot from three, like you mentioned, but I mean twenty points in three straight games, like when his offense is cooking, dude, he's extremely valuable. For sure. And even even when Mitchell comes back, I think Ingles has a spot and and he needs to be he needs to be rostered even with Mitchell back in the lineup. But I think this is more of like a <clears throat> obviously you ride the wave and you know you add Ingles while Mitchell's out and you you serve the value. This is more of a thing that like even if the Jazz are completely healthy with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles is definitely has a spot like in the rotation. He's gonna play a big role. It's just he's being asked to do more right now and he's obviously capable of it so i think it's more of ride the wave while you know utah is a little bit banged up um the crazy thing is like he's going to get the minutes even when donovan mitchell comes back but it's just he's not going to be asked to score as much or you know facilitate with the ball in his hands as much yeah last point wanted to ask about lonzo ball and the pelicans we got a guy named Najee marshall that's low-key been playing very well been seeing a decent amount of minutes didn't get a ton of minutes in, against Orlando, but is this a guy that could be valuable or useful in 12 team formats, maybe 14 formats in the, in the playoffs with the Pelicans playing four games over the next week, just to run down some of the numbers for this guy that he's done. I mean, two games ago against Brooklyn, 15, six and seven with two steals. And then before that, you know, he had 16, 11 with six assists, two steals he gets he gets some blocks there too, man. I think that this guy is actually pretty useful. He's only eleven percent rostered. It's just a matter of you know what players are the Pelicans going to be resting. I don't have much faith in Lonzo Ball right now. Nikhil Alexander Walker still on the shelf. This guy's getting sneaky minutes uh, for the Pelicans. Yeah, I think I think he's a he's a he's a fringe twelve team like you know guy to keep on your radar. Uh, as the Pelicans fall out of the the playoff uh, race here, 
Um, he's been putting up some numbers, like you said, but uh, he's not, he's not a must add guy by any means. Um, you know, there's a, uh, there's, there's some other, as you talk about guys with like low roster percentages, a couple of guys I want to highlight real quick uh, before we sign off that probably need a spot on your roster. So let's, let's, uh, let's go back to Mo Bamba in Orlando. So Mo Bamba, we hyped up a couple of weeks ago when Ken Burch went to the Raptors. Uh, Bamba got hurt uh, for a week or so, but he's back in the lineup now. He actually got the start for Wendell Carter the other night and balled out. Had like 18 points, 10 rebounds, a few blocks. And this is a guy who's going to see 20 plus minutes off the bench. And, and we all know he's a per minute uh, beast. Um, and there's not a lot of guys who can get you threes and blocks. So Bamba's a guy who needs to be rostered as well uh, in, I would say, in 12 team leagues. Yeah. What about uh, also Howell Neto? Last two games, he's been putting up, you know, 34 minutes, 16 and a half points, almost five assists and a couple steals. He's he's useful, right? And we got the Wizards playing four games next week. You know, if you get some rest opportunities for Bradley Beal or potentially Russell Westbrook, maybe he provides some value as well. Not a must-have, but definitely somebody to watch, right? He's been providing value even playing alongside those guys. Those last two games you mentioned, I believe Westbrook and Beal both played. So the Wizards are comfortable putting Bradley Beal at the three and running with Westbrook and uh, Neto at the one and the two. So Neto definitely has the role. Uh, I would say he's, even though he's less rostered than Campazzo, he's a better version of Campazzo at this point. Right. Feel that. Keep an eye on Nas Reed in Minnesota if the Timberwolves decide to rest Carl Anthony Towns down the stretch. Big fan of his. And he's been putting up numbers even with Towns in lineup. Oh, one, one, one other go back surprised Burns did not mention this name. Kendrick Nunn is only 42% rostered and he's getting this guy over the last three games. He's averaging well over 34 minutes per contest. Tyler hero is like in and out of lineup. Dragic is not that guy. Kendrick Nunn's getting minutes, man. 21 points, two boards, two assists and a steal. He racks up. He plays hard. He can, he can hit the threes, hit five last game. I think he's definitely someone that you want to scoop up in te- uh, well, definitely 12 teams. I would say maybe, maybe for 10 team. I would agree. I will say when Victor Oladipo got hurt, it just completely shattered me as a heat fan. Cause I was so excited after the trade deadline to have like somebody that could play defense like him could get the ball in the basket. And when that happened, I was just, I'm just been so upset. Like I, I honestly, like I, I watch heat games, but I, it just destroys my life when we lose. We lose you gotta, the freaking Timberwolves, and we lose. You got to be done, man. You just lost to the Hawks without Capella and Trey Young. Like that's, that's it. That's it. And we the were heat, all healthy outside nothing. of Oladipo. I mean, we'll see what happens. Here's the one thing: the hope that I hold on to is that I think we're a playoff team. So when the game slows down, I think our strategies and game plan will be like make us a tough team to beat. But yeah, I'm not feeling the magic we felt last season. So. All right, fellas, we'll uh, catch you next week. We'll be running down the semifinals of the fantasy basketball playoffs, and uh, we'll be giving you our waiver ads and some more strategy tips to win your fantasy league. Check in with you next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Subscribe, follow to our podcast on Spotify and Apple, and special shout-out to Underdog Podcast for continuing to Give us this platform to spew this knowledge and facts to you guys on a weekly basis. So with that, any parting words, gentlemen? Follow me on Twitter. Hey, Burns Hoops. Hey. Good luck. Good luck in your quarterfinals. Peace. See you next week.